You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Girl, we heard what? Hi, my name is Cameron Bruno. I am the New York City Youth Poet Laureate. It's a year-long program that gives one person the authority to be the ambassador for literary arts and civic engagement in New York City for youth. So that means that I perform in various places in New York City, from students to council members. It means that I could go host workshops on civic engagement, on literacy. I perform. I have a book deal that comes out in what? the end. Yeah, it comes out in November. One. Thank you. Oh Three, four. Listen up. Time for girls, all of us, to take the stage. Girl, we heard what? Welcome to G Talk. Girl We Heard's podcast and new platform for girls to express themselves beyond the stage. I'm your host, Zoe Norman Hunt. Today we'll hear from our company member, Cameron Bruno, who performed two pieces and engaged in a conversation about gender-based violence. Thanks for listening. This piece is called, I Wish I Could Move. It's a routine. Every day and they don't even realize. Insanity. No new result. The same act reenacts itself, look, it's happening again. Nothing can be seen until it's switched up, things switch up, lights up, curtains rise, audience silent, audience sighs, no applause. I am nothing more than a device, never used to my fullest potential, I wish I could move. I never asked to be bought or brought here, it's funny. How a living room could turn into a stadium in seconds. How much fires could be started from a boxing match in living rooms when he becomes Mayweather. Her limbs a punching bag. I feel like if I could do something. If only I could move. Because love isn't supposed to be this dirty. This violent. They say lightning doesn't strike the same place twice yet. Her body is a power pole. She's still in shock that he struck her again. I watch in despair. Door shut like my mouth. I watch him say shh to secrets as she still finds a way to love him. When last you see a woman get slapped silly, shut silent, say shh to secrets and still finds a way to love him. Some women work way harder than I do. After I do, some women work way harder than a fridge. Always open, always running, ready for anything. Insides cold as if they've prepared for their death since creation. This fridge leaks water. This fridge wept again. I watch him treat her just like he treats me. An appliance to be used, misused, abused, and then replaced with warranties. 30 days shopping money back guaranteed. It's a routine. If I could have moved, I would have moved out of here. But there isn't much you can do when you can't move outside of being shaken. Because an appliance is never taught anything other than cleaning up the reckless acts of humans. Bodies slam into me. And I am not a body. I never asked for this. But I decorate these four walls. I watch. I take impacts like walls. I hate how impact songs. I am not just an appliance propped in the corner of a room, but worse. A widget turned witness. The embodiment of silence. I am the public who turns a blind eye, but we still can't look away from domestic violence, like if it's none of our business. Society says, turn the left cheek, 
Turn the right cheek, uppercut, pretend not to see. But this is routine. Lights down, curtains close. Audience applause. How? So the first piece, I Wish I Could Move, was inspired by a series of events that was happening in Trinidad and Tobago where domestic violence and gender-based violence is concerned. I wanted to write slash create something that I knew would have a voice for the women as well as for various audiences to understand what's going on and how they play a part in domestic violence and gender-based violence. Because we read about all of this stuff on the news, we see it on social media, but it doesn't impact us as much as if it was someone who was close to us or someone that we actually know. I don't know anyone who has faced something like that in that area of domestic violence slash gender-based violence, but I feel like if I need to play a part in bringing awareness to these issues that are happening in society. Yeah, I love the way you use the word audience mm-hmm. in this piece, because it really does bring in the fact that, like, we all, I feel, read about these horrible things, right. shake our head and go, that's so terrible that that happened. Right. But there is still a distance. We say, that's so terrible that that happened to that person, but it didn't happen to me or it didn't happen to someone I know. My personal experience is thankfully it was never in my home. I'm extremely lucky, but I did know someone whose home it was in. And I didn't know this. Like I grew up with this person from the time I was two or three years old. I've known mm-hmm. this person. I didn't know until I was 25 right. that their father was abusive to their mother when their parents were getting divorced. And they told me that. And I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Right. It's that weird moment of just being an observer and feeling like, how could you not have known? And also how easily it's hidden. Right. And that's like what the piece is showing. So it's set in like a living room somewhere that is domestic and closed. But then when you put this idea out into the world, these appliances represent people who just see and clearly can't say anything because a TV can't speak, obviously, but like someone who is in the position of seeing something that a TV would see inside of a domestic home um, has the opportunity to speak. Yeah, not be so afraid. Right. I mean, I know, of course, anyone who's going through domestic violence, it's horrible and it's hard. And I'm sure that there are a lot of other factors that come into why someone does not speak. And mostly it's just fear. There was a lot of stuff going on in Trinidad and Tobago. I wanted to ask, because I know that you were born here. Yes. But then you went back to Trinidad and Tobago, and now you're back here for school, right? Right. I just wanted to ask, what has domestic violence, gender-based violence experience been for you? What have you seen being Trinidad and Tobago versus here, and how do you think it's handled? So the domestic violence, gender-based violence that I've interacted with, very different to here because there's a lot of laws and bills that are being passed. There was a statement where the Prime Minister, Kate Rowley, said that I'm not in your bedroom. I'm not in your choice of men. So that brought uproar to a lot of activists and women rights activists. Yes, he's a a guy Mm -hmm. and he doesn't understand how deep and how complex something as simple as domestic violence may seem or gender-based violence may Mm -hmm. seem. Also, in Trinidad and Tobago, I was lucky enough to be on a tour with the Tucson Movement which is also by the organization of Girlbyhood mm-hmm. that toured 50 schools throughout Trinidad and Tobago and we use theater slash playwriting to bring throughout the 
this school so that they know what the signs are and they know how to stop these things so that piece also stemmed from that as well we've also had like different workshops for you so that the conversation keeps going and how did the youth react when they saw that usually while the play is going on you'd hear like a lot of feedback like oh what simple Black youth stuff yeah. <laughs> but then in the end when everything is said and done you would have a few youth who just come up and be like hey i'm seeing this at home what do i do i know a friend who's a victim Mm -hmm. of gender-based violence like what do i do or who do i tell or i trust you enough to come to you what can you do for me it was up to us to go to trainings and workshops so that we are equipped with the knowledge and the meats the produce to like give them the information that they need because if we didn't have it we're just basically performing for them and then it's just a performance and we can't help them so we make sure that that wasn't the case you're very much the blind lean the blind in that area right so back to the prime minister people did not like what this person said obviously definitely what was he trying to say was he saying basically that uh i don't choose your men i'm not in your bedroom so i don't know what to have right i don't i don't know what's going on behind your closed doors that's your business and that doesn't yeah, it doesn't help the situation. Right. It was horrible. It was a mess. I was wondering about protests in your country and how they're received, because I don't know enough about the police there. These protests may seem big, but then when you think about the scale of Trinidad and Tobago to like a New York protest, it's like it's not really that big. It's a smaller country, it's so like it's not be that big. safe protesting, okay. you know, the regular signs, shouting, circling around outside, parliament, police sometimes it's no tear gas kind of protest thing but I think sometimes they do get the message mm-hmm. because of the media coverage that most of the protests get mm-hmm. because it's it's juice for journalists. You know in Hong Kong the government's trying to suppress those people's voices right. with the police out there. Do you find that the police there try to suppress anyone's voices or are they just kind of chilling? Yeah they're chilling. Oh, okay. Yeah. They let them see what they have to say and then when they need them to leave they'll be like okay time to pack up and go. Do you go to any protests while you've been here? No. Not really. I'm kind of afraid of that big audience and the way how police act yeah. with protests here, especially with minorities slash women slash black slash people of color. It's, it's going to be something that, yes, we could fight for it, but I think that there are many other ways that we could fight for women's rights. And like spoken with poetry is one of those ways. And voting is another one of those oh, ways. Most definitely. Personally, my favorite piece that you ever performed at our main stage show this past spring, this body piece. I love the way you describe when you see this body, what do you see? I don't know about you, but I developed very early when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt objectified in a way. I'm sure that experience transfers to the Caribbean in a way. Yeah. About what men see when they look at your body and dealing with that violence. Right. right. Just that feeling. I think you know what I'm talking yeah, about, unfortunately. It's depressing. It gets me angry. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what I have on. It drives me bananas. Like, what do you I'm want? Slacks, <laughs> exactly. slippers, one of my toes busted. Yes. So like, hey, yo, shorty. And then it just gets me really angry because it's like, yes, I'm a woman. Yes, my clothes do not define me. But some parts of my body for men is like something that they need to go after. Yeah. Or they feel is their right. Their right. So comments or yeah. to feel like if it's their property. So like, that's where that piece sort of stemmed from mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was going with the piece honestly it worked um, so beautifully thank you girl be heard what when you look as a body like mine what do you see do you see the representation of the many souls that came before me look at me in awe do you see how my limbs and organs work in harmony how my lungs hold the responsibility of being voice and don't we all know about being voice 
and loud and strong, this body is sacred, but never to be offered as sacrifice. Do you see the stretch marks on my skin offered as braille for men who don't believe love is blind? A bosom that holds the home of food for sons who sees food for bodies like mine's. Do you see? Trophy. Unattainable. Meat. Bait. Victim. Target. Prey. Kill. A bag. A bag. A body. A bag. The contents of a bag. A body bag. A bank. Organ bank. Because boys make bank of bodies like mine. Boys make bank of the bank boys make to save bodies not like mine. So because of dominance. Never let these words fall on deaf ears. Do you know what it takes to make a body move or is moved to make movements how these bones crack their way into submission? A body knows it always has to move. Move away from predators, cannibals, to run. Isn't that why we run daily? Haven't you seen the way black girls run? Like if their rights were in their legs. Like if their rights needed to exercise before a body turns into contortion. An equation for this skin to become home for something else. A torso turned shell. Hollow. Do you hear the echo in the carcass? Ryan Singleton. 23-year-old black gay body. Found in a desert in California. Eyes, heart, lungs, and liver gone, Jason Smith. 14-year-old black body. Found open with organs gone. They said he drowned Kendrick Johnson. 15-year-old black body. Founded the gymnasium of his school. Five months later, a body exhumed to find newspaper stuff in a place where organs used to lie. Thanksgiving feast for journalist Kenika Jenkins. 19-year-old black female cool kid. Turns cool body as body was found in freezer in hotel. Body frozen. Ready for embalming. Preservation of this. We've always had use with these organs organs we use like instruments like vocal cords to sing and conduct choirs like a riot is the language of the unheard so why do we move because being still equates to being silent being turned to stone stone to statue for another twitter hashtag when you don't move the body is known to be still but the body is still known be still and know Be still and know we would still pray for a revolution. Know that your body has known to move and fight a long time ago. Your writing sometimes is about very intense subject matter, domestic violence, uh, gender-based violence, or like other things, whatever, what have you. Right. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by what you're writing? And if so, how do you unwind? Or like take a step back and just chill? Do you sit down like Netflix and... Do you right. eat a bunch of popcorn? <laughs> Do you just go for a nice long walk? How so, is your un- What's your unwinding process? Uh, I don't think I have a 
unwinding process <laughs> i don't think i've ever like really done it before but i will cry like i will cry while writing some of the pieces just to get the tears out just to get them out of the way mm. so that like it doesn't hinder my performance so it doesn't just like come like, out i can just nowhere. cry out guys like, I just cry. <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm just crying through a performance and like, why is she crying you know like, i'm mm-hmm. more snotty and i do a lot of research yeah i read I a lot of stories and those are the things that really hit me the most now i'm responsible for telling these stories and I'm responsible for making sure that these stories don't die. Mm-hmm. It lives on through my voice. Mm-hmm. This body piece that yeah, you took, mentioned those three people who yeah, were killed. That took a lot because I had to research them and read mm-hmm. all the articles and listen to all the the news clippings and it was just like it was a lot. But then it was just like okay cool time to put on my little superhero coat and share this with the will and tell mm-hmm. people how I feel and make sure that they are able to continue telling people how I feel. And, like, hopefully they have ideas to tell people how they feel. And then that would just go out there and then it would go to policymakers and then things would change. It could go on to the youth and then you would grow up and do what I do. And then they would do it for their youth and so on and so on. Passing the torch. Yeah. Girls go missing constantly. Yeah. And here and other places. Do you know anything like about in Trinidad and Tobago the statistics or anything? Um, heard anything? No statistics. I've known a few girls that have unfortunately passed away because of sexual violence, a few because of trafficking. I've known a few young ladies and women who have been in the statistic of having to be caught in something like this, just walking on the street. You know, you, you hear it all the time. Cat calling. You ignore them. And then they start cursing at you because they don't like to be ignored. I was sent home in tears because this guy was looking me up over and over again. I cursed me out like a lunatic on my street right. near my home. And I went home in tears. Like, I just want to be by myself. Just leave me alone. It's just I like, don't want like to hear your comments. I would like to be safe. Yeah. And that, is that so hard? Like as a woman, I would just appreciate yeah. being safe. Being treated like a human on being. On the train. When I'm walking home. Yeah. At 6 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Yeah. Anytime between there. Anytime outside of that window. Yeah. Like at all times. Yeah. Like I shouldn't have to use my keys as like a brass knuckle yeah. walking or through the street. calculating in your mind the whole time like how many people are on the street. Okay. Right. There are a lot of people on the street. How, where are the lights? Okay. There are lots of lights. Right. Okay. Let me just make sure like as I'm walking into my apartment that there's no one behind me. Did right. I check to make sure that, you know, did I lock all the doors? Like, yeah. You have I... to have an evacuation route. Mm-hmm. Like if this happens, like what am I going to do? You have to make sure that you have your contacts ready. Like if mm-hmm. you have your phone in your hand, you need, you learn how to use Weaponize yourself, basically. Right. Always a continuous armor that we have to put on yeah. just to make sure that we're alive. My dad would always say to me when I was like younger, throat, eyes, groin mm-hmm. are like things to go for. Yeah. And like your elbow it's is the strongest, strongest part of your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you I'd see, be like, like that's things yeah, we know. Exactly. We know that. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I wanted to ask this question. When did you learn that language had power? I could use I Wish I Could Move as an example. I performed it for a group of women. I was pulled aside after the performance and the lady was telling me how impactful the poem was. She needs a script so that she could put it in her curriculum, give it to youth. And it was just like, yeah, I said that. <laughs> like, this is I something that. that I said. Um that is encouraging people to share the message on and realizing that it's something that's effective and it could touch and change lives and stuff like that. Just in general, language just has power when I speak, or like I say something, mm-hmm. if I'm talking on a panel or something or whatever, that my words, phrases, 
sentences is a part of creating action or creating conversation. It still came from me. Like if it's my poem and it started a conversation and then that conversation went somewhere, it's like a spider web of conversations that go on and on and on. A lot of people think that like poetry and spoken word is just like expression and and I'm just speaking from my chest, so let me spit some bars real quick, you know? Um, but, like, there's actual people out here who do research and, like, spend the time actually figuring out what their message is and if their message is accurate, if the message is really, really important at that time just for people to spread the word or for people to create those conversations or to come up to me afterward. They realize that from a three-minute spoken word poem that, hey, she has all the knowledge that I need and that I could go to her. This is a safe space between me and her that we could talk and she could give me some help. How does it make you feel being the kind of person that people can come up and they look for that? Great. There wasn't anybody when I was younger who I could just say, hey, this is what's happening. Can you help me? And yes, actually, I can. Like, what's good, you know? I'm really proud of that moment to say that, you know, young people, even as a young person, that they feel good coming to me. Uh, how did that feel when you went? <laughs> I was shocked. I didn't expect it to be me at all. There's one youth poet laureate, and then there's like six or seven youth ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So they would be like helping me. I'd be helping them. They'd get gigs. I'd get gigs. Like, you mm -hmm. know, we'd share that responsibility. Because it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like in the back chilling, you know, <laughs> and they're like, the youth poet laureate is Cameron Brook. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like I'm in the back and I was like, yeah. Say what? Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was really nice to know that I put in work and that my work was being recognized and that I have the opportunity now to speak to youth and perform for youth. That's an amazing experience. That's so great. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. How has working with Girl Be Heard or being part of Girl Be Heard helped with your writing and your identity and social justice, like the social justice work that you want to keep doing? Right. When I first started working with Girl Be Heard, I was getting a lot of gigs for I Wish I Could Move, mm -hmm. which was really good because Girl Be Heard has the platforms, especially where women's rights and like women's issues are concerned so I would always get feedback and constructive criticism I would work and I would edit it and I would go to Kim and I'd say hey someone said this what do you think and then we would do workshops and then I went to audition for the gala and Kim said that I could come on board she really helped me write and get those pieces in for the master ceremonies for the gala last year mm -hmm. and then I auditioned for the spring main stage show right, yeah. that was one of the biggest changes for me because I felt like if I had a family like a home because I was seeing them all the time and it's just all these girls and like we're singing and dancing mm -hmm. and rehearsing just to have that show for like two weeks right. and like be able to spend my birthday with them oh, yeah, and like that. yeah it's, it was really nice not only for my work in Girlbyhood but for myself as individual art I really enjoyed working with Girlbyhood mm -hmm. with the short space of time that I did as much work with Girlbyhood as possible mm -hmm. I felt busy especially yeah because I just moved. I thought I was going to be lackadaisical and like, oh, when am I going to get a gig? And nope. Kim like, really took it. She's like, okay, <laughs> you're a girl be heard now, so you're going to do some girl be heard work. Girl be heard. What? My name is Cameron Bruno, and I'm a company member and performing artist with Girl be heard. You can connect with me via my website at www.cameronbruno.com on Instagram at queen underscore cami3 and on Facebook pages at Cameron Bruno. Thank you for having me at G Talk. 
Thanks to our company member, Cameron Bruno, who performed her pieces, I Wish I Could Move, and This Is Why We Fight. This has been G-Talk, a Girl Be Heard production. Thanks for listening. This episode has been produced by Zoe Norman Hunt and Brittany Applewhite. Our executive producers are Chi Caetano and Kim Sykes. I'm your host, Zoe Norman Hunt. To learn more about Girl Be Heard, go to our website at girlbeheard.org. Girl Be Heard. What? And remember, it's not enough to talk. You must be heard. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.